0: another new AMP Podcast. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, and I'm the news editor with the AMP Publications team. Today we're talking with Will Mays, Director of Product Management and Corporate Strategy at MobileTex. Since 1985, Canada-based MobileTex has worked to develop specialized wireless data transmission devices to deliver unique and remote monitoring solutions, which can be used within a wide range of applications and industries. The company has worked closely with its clients and industry partners to develop industrial Internet of Things solutions that tightly align with business process requirements. And in the process of doing so, MobileTex is aiming to raise the bar for its clients when it comes to effective asset management, employee safety, and operating efficiency. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the time to join us. How are you?
1: Hey, Ben. Doing very well. Thanks for having me and a pleasure to be with the AMP community again.
0: Absolutely. We're Glad to have you. If you want more resources from AMP, of course, you can go to AMP.org. should also mention our publication websites. I work with Materials Performance, which you can access at MaterialsPerformance.com, and Codings Pro Magazine, which you can access at CodingsProMag.com. All right. As far as today's discussion, which is going to be largely about strategic cathodic protection automation or strategic CP automation for short, Will's got a lot of expertise on that front as an expert with mobile techs before we get into some of the particulars. Will, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about mobile techs beyond the brief description that I already gave.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ben. Uh, So yeah, Will Mays. I've been with mobile techs for over four years now, joined just uh, in the later stages of 2019. Um, And uh, as you said before, I I kind of look after our product and our corporate strategies. Um, So both of those roles uh, require a uh, a sensitivity to the industry and and kind of trying to stay abreast of the requirements of our customers, uh, stay abreast of kind of the the technology changes, but also really just trying to make sure that we're we're developing new technology and new features, new products in the right direction that are really answering the questions for. For our customers out there, so that's that's largely what I do. I like to, you know, customer facing. Like to, you know, interview a lot of customers, get mm-hmm. feedback, and just corral that into requirements for for next uh, next stage designs, essentially. Um, so it's quite a quite a fun role, in, in the sense that I can kind of, you know, six months uh, prior to a new feature, kind of get that uh, preliminary research um, filtered through, and, and then you see the customer's response once it's actually delivered. Um, yeah, and absolutely. Then, yeah, so with my background, civil engineer. Uh, I uh, have an MBA as well from a school over in, in Barcelona. So yeah, traveled uh, around the world and, and and really worked within the critical infrastructure technology space for for uh, over a decade now. Um, Techs is a uh, a Canadian technology player, as you as you mentioned. We've been in the remote uh, monitoring uh, space within cathodic protection protection and uh, corrosion prevention, I should say, um, the two sides of CP um, for for almost three decades. Um, And um, yeah, we've been, you know, largely pioneering a lot of the technology developments in that space. Um, we uh, we have a, a range of application-specific um, products, uh, lots of kind of fixed-node uh, hardware, which would transmit data back to a cloud platform, and also a range of uh, field instrumentation that would be used in different types of uh, portable applications as well, whether it's data logging or interrupters, etc. Um, so that's kind of our primary business. We also have a business that's in the, um, the water pressure management space, which is not as core to kind of the, the AMP and materials performance communities, but it is still kind of around pipeline integrity and and kind of optimized uh, network mm-hmm. monitoring as well. So that's 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 somewhat relevant.
0: Yeah, for those who want more information about mobile text, of course you can go to mobiletext.com. But for a more synthesized version of it, for our audience at AMP and MP, What are some of the primary markets you serve? For example, I think of pipeline integrity a lot, but I think of mobile techs. Just walk us through, if you could, um, who your desired customers are and the spaces they play in.
1: Sure. Yeah. The majority of our our customers are oil and gas uh, pipeline operators um, in the midstream space. So, you know, larger diameter, uh, high pressure applications, moving uh, product, whether it's um, some a derivative of an oil product or uh, gas uh, network um, distribution transmission etc um, th- that midstream space is really the the majority of our customers but we mm-hmm. also have players in the upstream space in the downstream space and then some facilities as well so uh, tank applications storage facilities etc mm-hmm. um, that's the the vast majority of, of customers and Generally, we're engaging with people uh, across the integrity team um, and and more specifically within the cathodic protection program or the corrosion prevention program within those Mm -hmm. integrity teams.
0: So one of the focal points for you all and your business is strategic CP automation, as I mentioned leading off. What does that mean to mobile techs? What is the vision with strategic CP automation and where is it going?
1: Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a great question. I, and I I like the the nuance of how you said that is, is what does it mean and kind of where is it going? Because I think something as as bold as strategic CP automation requires a bit of nuance and understanding that we're at a specific uh, maturity of that statement right now and we'll certainly be at a different maturity of that statement in the future. Um, but to like unpack it, you know, just to get into the actual words used, to us like the automation element, um, Really comes down to trying to uh, automate specific workflows that are being done, um, you know, at present in in ways that are potentially manual, mm-hmm. um, or potentially using, uh, you know, labor that is, uh, you know, required to go to lo- uh, new remote locations, uh, collect uh, data that could easily be transmitted from a from a device, et cetera. It's really trying to come up with ways to help the the workforce digitize. Um, their their workflow essentially and and then over time to help automate that and now I think when we talk about automation in, in the future um, there's there's a broader concept of thinking about how you could automate the actual um, sensitivity of the cathodic protection system to be uh, to to kind of vary up and down depending on the performance or depending on the weather conditions or depending on other specific incidents at site, right? And then mm-hmm. if you're thinking about strategic automation in that sense, then you're having a more responsive uh, CP network in the future that is able to self-regulate in a certain way. Um, so that's kind of unpacking the automation statement. Um, and then the strategic side is is just as interesting and just as nuanced. And, and really, the strategy, I think, comes down to kind of how we align with the, the various kind of the strategies that our customers have in delivering their cathodic protection programs. Because as you kind of unpacked with the um, like who's our customer audience, you know, a midstream operator in the United States is going to approach cathodic protection programs very differently from a a, a trend, a gas collection system player in Canada, for example. Um, so the strategies might vary depending on the type of uh, conditions their pipelines run through, the the type of pipelines that they have in terms of age, coding, etc really the the core drivers that record, that that are, are, or the pain points in their operating um, programs that are kind of pulling them towards technology in the first place, all of those elements will kind of dictate how they think about strategic CP automation from the strategy perspective, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. We touched on the industrial internet of things earlier. How have you seen that technology Evolve in recent years to the point where you can potentially bring all this stuff we're talking about in the future into the present.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I think in in a, in a couple of different ways. Um, one of which is is cloud computing um, and the ability to. Provide data to um, to customers in a in a in an efficient manner in a in a in a manner that that has kind of redundancy and and security that's required by the industry today. Um, cybersecurity is a huge driver for a lot of uh, operators. We've seen some incidents um, happening in the midstream space over the last couple of years. Um, so cybersecurity. Um, requirements and and kind of some of the cloud computing um, advantages has certainly driven that. And, and even within mobile techs, we've been on a journey over the past uh, three years to migrate towards a, a commercially hosted cloud platform as as our core data management platform. In other ways, you know, things around kind of cellular data plans. If you think about data transmission, the, the volume of data that you can move uh, at more affordable rates has increased uh, over the past decade um, quite tremendously. And that's enabled us to do things like put a, a remote data logger on the market where you can actually capture transient events or dynamic interference events, um, but actually translate that data to a cloud environment quite efficiently. Um, that's something that a decade ago wouldn't have been possible in a cost effective manner. And then finally, I think you know some of that efficiency on the technology side has also let us have um a bit more freedom around building low power um remote uh, like autonomous long-term autonomous products for remote areas so if you think about remote monitoring um and 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 the cp space i mean rectifiers have been remotely monitored as one of the first kind of adoption waves Um, but rectifiers generally have a power source and provide the ability to always power up your remote sensor Um, but something like a bond a, a critical bond that you need to interrupt uh in order to uh, you know, conduct a survey, et cetera. there's not there's not often power sources there. So uh, the ability to provide battery-powered remote interrupters um, that can actually you know last in the field for upwards of five to ten years is something that's been enabled by technology over the past decade as well. Um, and certainly, um as as things continue to evolve, I think those types of applications will will continue to proliferate in the industry.
0: We're talking now with Will Mays, Director of Product Management and Corporate Strategy at Mobile Techs. I'm Ben DuBose, News Editor with the AMP Publications team. When you talk to people out in the industry, what is their focus today? You've touched on your customers a few times. What are their focal points in 2023 heading into 2024? And what are some of the potential changes in the years <laughs> ahead?
1: yeah, I think that's actually it kind of circles us back around to the strategic elements of strategic automation. And it's for me, it's the most interesting um part of this conversation is that the customer base is, I wouldn't say divided, but I think we're still early on in this broad journey of digitization around Catholic protection programs. yeah, And what I mean by that is that there's still kind of different groups of customers that are driven by different needs. Some groups, you could say, are driven by more operating. Um concerns. So you have groups that are adopting remote monitoring technologies or strategic automation driven by the the, the lack of access to remote locations. Or so potentially you might have a homeowner that's that's um, you know not complying with with access requirements, but you still need to get into the property to perform a reading. Um, things like that. Technology can help reduce the amount of time people are driving, can reduce the risks associated with that and also you know give you data from remote locations. So that's kind of one bucket. Um, Another bucket are folks that are kind of going and saying, hey, I want to fully automate my entire data collection regime and every single asset that I have right now that's going to be manually visited. Let's just automate that concept and and use technology to do so. Um, So in that sense, you know, they're almost like an evangelistic approach to saying, Hmm. you know, I have the technology to do it today. Let's just go and do this and let's prove to the regulator that I don't need to send somebody on on an annual basis. Um, and then the third bucket is, is, is well, and it, again, these are kind of blended in nuance, but on on another area, um, you have operators that are driving towards more of a, a performance-based um, concept. Um, and, you know, there's there's uh, an organization called IECM. Um, they're with some network and um, uh, operators that are involved with that and some other players and whatnot. And they're using mechanistic modeling to say, well, if I have specific locations where I'm collecting data. And I'm collecting a specific or a broader set of data at those locations. Can I actually infer the performance of my cathodic protection system, or the or the actual kind of impact on that pipeline asset? So, mm-hmm. you know, that in a way is also is another form of strategic CPR op- uh, optimization or or automation, I should say, in mm-hmm. the long run. Um. So yeah, I think you know the pain points are, are are shared across these operating groups, but the way that they're thinking about them and and strategizing. Um, and in terms of dealing with them into the future is still somewhat undefined. And, and that's what I okay. find interesting.
0: So when we talk about this whole dynamic, when it comes to not just pain points, but I would say questions, whenever we're talking about new technology and putting it in place out in the field, there's oftentimes a big question of implementation that comes yeah. with that how do you work with your users and potential customers to address their concerns, their questions, because obviously you can have all the technology in the world and it's only as good as the user's ability to successfully implement it. So what are some of the challenges, if any, on the implementation side? And, you know, how do you work with your customers or potential customers to address those?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. There certainly are challenges and, um, and uh, and again, kind of, I, I would like to think still in the early stages of of the broader adoption. So I think now is the time to really make those known and and, and to help our customers address them early. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think yeah to, to to identify a few things. One one thing that you can do is is to build product that provides. Uh, kind of a, a, a way to make issues obvious um, mm-hmm. or a way to make things redundant um, so one of the one of the challenges in industry um, especially when you're talking about a longer term monitoring application um, there's there's a lot of mixed emotions I'll say about permanent reference electrodes and and mm-hmm. the statements of putting in a reference electrode for a permanent application um, like how for how long is that reference electrode going to be um, stable and, and providing good data right? Um, so for us, you know, when we when we hear that um, feedback from our customers, we try to, you know, conduct um, uh, R&D programs with them to to say, OK, well, let's work together. Let's put some you know installations in and let's set up a reporting regime or, or a monitoring program that we can actually start to identify how these things perform in the field and identify how. You know what a failing unit or what a slipping unit could actually look like, right? Mm-hmm. So if we could be very active in uh, trying to address that specific barrier, I think um, so. That's one way to do it, and there's there's some redundancy built into some, some of our devices that you could you could use to to make that a bit more efficient as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you can do, and I think we are striving to do, is 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 to help deal with this data proliferation as well. So. Um what I mean by that is you know when you have let's say a thousand units installed, um, you've got a heck of a lot more data than you used to get on these these assets. and you need to be able to uh, quickly and 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 efficiently organize that data, know how to filter it, know how to store it, know how to pull it into your other reporting platforms. Um, and those 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 kind of workflows, Hopefully, we can we can help the customer, you know, deal with um, just in terms of kind of our, our core cloud mm-hmm. platform. Um, and then the, I think the final point I think you know one thing you hit on the head is is like the the implementation side, like the installation side, um, right. configuring units, etc. Um, you know, training, um, engagement with partners, um, engagement with customers, being really transparent with people. Um, that's that's super key for trying to make sure that all the shared learnings um, from the bad experiences to the good are are kind of you know um, available for 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 reference before mm-hmm. someone embarks on a and an, uh, on a broad scale installation program yep. because i mean the the key element of getting benefit from remote monitoring units is to make sure that when you install them they're installed correctly, right and configured correctly, having the right alarm settings, the right alarm limits to trigger additional readings, um, et cetera, because I mean, yeah, the the amount of value that you get from a unit, you know, is directly, you know, correlated to, to, to putting it on correctly, having everything set up well and not having to go back to that site, right?
0: Yep. So talking about the industry as a whole. I work with AMP, I'm a news editor with AMP publications, so we have a lot of resources and ability to reach out to people across the entire spectrum of corrosion control, protective coatings, you name it. When we talk about a lot of the challenges that you've laid out over the last 15 minutes or so, what are ways in which an association like AMP can potentially assist in helping overcome those challenges? what are some of the issues that we can potentially work together as an association as a group of people or companies talking industry-wide here going beyond simply you know one company selling a given unit what are some of the things that we can work collaboratively together to potentially solve and move the ball forward on this
1: yeah that's a great question i think i mean i think just the you know at, at at a foundational level amp uh in in its community of uh you know setting up webinars or um, you know i think more importantly the um the annual show just enables everybody mm-hmm. to get in the same room and and to kind of spitball on ideas issues mm-hmm. all of the um you know the the cp streams within the uh the paper presentations as well as a great yep. ecosystem for sharing ideas and i think You know, generally those skew towards more academic style papers where you're um, presenting on a specific kind of application or in in our case, usually associated with some sort of machine learning that we're trying to apply to data. But I think more and more, uh, we saw a couple of uh, uh, good presentations from other vendors last year just talking about Mm -hmm. installation programs. And uh, you know more of a case study approach, but but I think those are educational to the extent where operators are, are are aware of uh, of what's happening. Um, so I think more of that would be useful. I also know there's a couple of steering committees uh, associated with remote monitoring that that AMP is supporting and, and driving through its uh, you know steering committee network. So those yeah. are those are probably. Um, Something that should continue to be focused on, and and then in the long run, writing specifications around, um, you know, remote monitoring requirements mm-hmm. or guidance guidelines, essentially about how this this all this all works. Yep. Um, and I think I mean I think I think that the industry at whole is already being steered in, in that sense um, by some of the you know the AMP guidelines. You know, we we develop product that that help facilitate the data collection to meet those standards, right? So mm-hmm. that's already being done to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I, I think just you know more discussion on the issue. Uh, I, I think engaging with the regulator, I, of course, is something that I would like to sure. say as a vendor. We can we can probably do more of, but uh, in my experience, it, it's quite difficult to, and it's really coming down to the the operator side to make sure that they're actively engaging and 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 where possible bringing us into the room if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think there's there's a lot. Uh, of, of, of work to be done in terms of how, you know, that whole process is is done from a technology perspective, but it's not necessarily, you know, our, our place to comment on that because we're not actively involved, so. That's fair.
0: All right, we're winding down our conversation with Will Mays, Director of Product Management and Corporate Strategy at Mobile Techs. Will, for your company in particular, what are some of your expectations for 2024 and potentially beyond? I'm not asking you to give away the farm in terms of you know financial metrics anything too specific but just in terms of broad parameters what your expectations are for the company for the industry what do you think next year and perhaps the next few years look like
1: yeah thanks um yeah um you know i think for us uh we are we're very excited um we're very excited about the year that we're having right now the you know even just the 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 ability for our business to kind of just keep growing, our community uh, of customers and and progressive customers at that, um, and um, we we've made a, a splash uh, in a, in an overseas market that we hadn't been in before. So we're quite excited about about the opportunity there. It's uh, it's it's an opportunity in Europe to, to to kind of move our core business into remote monitoring for CP as well. And I think one of the one of the exciting things there is that we can hopefully bring back some of the learnings of the european market to our north american customer base as well and and yep. can we can we grow the industry you know there um, just from from the cross-pollination will be exciting for us yep. um, and then yeah in the in the longer term i think you know back to those kind of different strategies around cp automation you know we're trying to help our customers define their future and helping them have the tools to do that as well but yep. i think we're excited about what, are, where, which direction our customers will will go, and and how they're going to define the future for themselves, and and of course, hopefully pull us along um, as a happy uh, compatriot in that sense. So, yeah, lots to be excited about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sure, sounds like it. All right, folks, that is Will Mays of Mobile Techs. If you want more information from them, the website is mobiletext They also have active social media pages on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Will, is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap up as far as ways that people can learn more or perhaps get in touch with you guys?
1: Don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, just go to the AMP website or Materials Performance, I should say, the the webinar page, search for mobile text. We've got lots yep. of archived uh, webinars. Point. I think we just finished our, our eighth or our ninth one about a month or a half ago. So I would say that those were great resources. And then... Um, yeah, just fire us uh, any questions you have, and and, and we 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 like, love to gauge with everybody. So, yeah, don't yep. be shy.
0: Sounds great. All right, folks, we will wrap it there. Again, for Will Mays of Mobile Text, I'm Ben Dubose of the AMP Publications team. If you want more resources, mobiletext.com is their website. For us at AMP, it's ampp.org. And within the Publications division, you can go to Materials Performance at MaterialsPerformance.com or Pro magazine at CodingsProMag.com. All right, with the plugs complete, we'll wrap up. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new AMP podcast.